0: Everybody, welcome back. So this is Z2s1 from Black Into Health and Wellness Lifestyle. This is a continuation um, from my first conversation when it was, you know, I took a left turn. I even surprised myself there because I was talking about, you know, the labels that we put on people, the complexities of it. Is, the complexities of labels. The first one I wanted just to emphasize again what I was talking about, um, where I watched a man um you know die from cholesterol. So we are he's there were obviously steps or lifestyle choices that were taken leading to that unfortunate moment. But then I um I was talking to somebody who said that wow, but you know who in some other countries, you know, they just leave the person out to die when they know he's about to die. And I don't know, it hit a spot because literally, as I was talking to you guys, that moment I recognized that wow, this has happened to us, like my family, where we had a near death experience. And it was, we knew it was going to be that kind of case where if nobody, you know, went over or to, you know, to look, went there. It would also ended up in the same um, debilitating space where an individual is uh, dies because of you know just not being recognized. So that was I never expected that happening, and so I definitely had to take a pause from that moment to talk about you know just how the grace of God you know, leading into those testimonies, you know, weaving into those moments, um, just his truth and his promises and his faithfulness and his character. And sometimes we all need to have those conversations because, you know, when you are, you going, when you're going through those growth opportunities, there'll be moments where you, you, you question yourself and you ask yourself, you know, is God there? Has, has God been there? But in those moments, um, um, the reason why I wanted to then focus on that one is because I was like, This is just the one thing that I absolutely hate, and it 's the one thing where I have more conversations with God about that one, but it has more to do with the fact that I just can 't let go that people can be you know so persistent in their labels, so persistent with putting you down, like why can't you just give me a break or why can't you um why would you? How did you decide that somebody's worth dying and somebody else else is worth living? You know what I mean. But so those that is that was a left turn because it really did take me into that moment where I was like, "In I'm having these life conversations with you guys that I'm consistently having with God. I definitely know, and I definitely know we've we've been through it over and over again. This is, um, I remember. It really hit me hard at some point. I think it was now personal. I think in terms of like, can these labels let, leave me alone? Like I said to you guys, it was because uh, no matter how many awards and honors, this school was still using me as an example of somebody who's failed. And I was like, I'm literally 30 fam. Like, where is the failed, where is the failed baby? And, you know, where is the dropping out? Cause I think I've forced my way into like, you know, I forced my way into graduating, you know what I'm saying? Like, but the labels never stopped. And, um, I think I was having the moment again with God because, um, no matter, I think I was going through a season, no matter how good I was with people or good I was to people, man, it was, it was really difficult. And so, um, in that sense, the only way that helped me to just and um, to heal and to let go and to grow it was letting go of the people and, and the expectation that i had for them and then just begin just accepting and acknowledging that this individual is going to be like this this individual is going to be difficult no matter how friendly I get no matter how much I try I could literally throw them a world-class party and they will not be accepting of me and so that's the letting go of that one is letting go of the expectations that you have that you think that people should be thinking the same way that if somebody is in need in dire need that would all respond in the in the, in that way, but who's all will respond because maybe in my books, and some of you would agree that response would be to help an individual out to make yourself available and make sure that they are looked after and taken care of for another person. It would be the person that I absolutely do not understand who just lets the thing go. And so, um, I did get those conversations, those moments, they did really, you know, lead me into a lot of explorations about like, what is emotional clutter? What is it? um, What is physical and emotional stress? Why are they so important for you to have those conversations? Because I did read, write a whole blog post about it. And I have a whole whole conversation right here on this podcast i'm only going to just emphasize again physical clutter and just take you guys through what physical clutter being so physical clutter is you having a messy room for example let's use the bedroom because this is the one place that i also say can be the place where you can target The most also so the firstly, physical clutter can be like having a really messy bedroom, having shopping spree, an unnecessary amount of clothing, um, more clothes that you don't wear than you do wear, or more appliances that you do use than you don't use, or having just um, a whole cupboard of uh lotions and perfumes. I know there's like, and I am guilty of it because I am guilty of a lot of things actually, (laughs) which is so strange. But because I love beautiful things and I'm sure that you love beautiful things. When you built for that individual who built that cupboard of just, um, the, what you call the, the lotions and the perfumes, I'm sure you just love the beauty and you love the art, You love the layout and how it looks like, but at some point it, it can be physical clutter. Now, only you if you search your heart and if you ask God to search your heart, because honey, we know we lie to each other. Okay. We lie to ourselves. Only you can actually then identify in those moments. Am I filling up my space, my world, my intimate space with things so that I can avoid dealing with my deeper uh deeper rooted at dissatisfaction i'm dissatisfied here here and here but we don't like to talk about them because even a glimpse of looking into that direction can lead to a heartache that you're not ready to unfold so when you do when you are having those moments the best thing to do is just to begin journaling and brain dumping it in there and praying over why do is it you feel dissatisfied about in this area so maybe filling yourself up with beautiful perfumes and lotions um could be hiding the fact that you actually feel lonely and uh, in part it could be because of the images that you've seen and and how the images of these lovely women always look look fulfilled they're feel fulfilled in your heart and your imagination. And so going after those same feelings and going after those same ideas, um, it was supposed to then give you that, feeling that temporary feeling only lasts as fast as the, the paycheck or the chain getting you out out of that shopping, out of the shopping mall. That's how fast that lasted. Um, but then now all you're left with is all this physical stuff that you are not using and physical things that you are not using. Um, clutter is also secondly, so working. Okay. And then finally, sorry, working through physical clutter is the own the best thing that you can do is identify um let's say for instance what is the one thing that you are holding on to what are you consistently buying it could be food um it could be your space in your room the intimate space in your room is very significant doesn't look disorganized doesn't look organized The thing that i would advise on is tackling it straight on and head on because it's easier To cry, you know, I feel like there's a different kind of cry when you're growing through something and the relief of having overcome, let's say, hiding behind those stuff as opposed to then still leaning onto unnecessary things in your life. Just tear the band-aid and overcome it, I feel like, is the best way possible. And the only way that you can do that is by looking through your space in your house Space in your bedroom? Are there items that you are consistently buying that you'd never use? It's time to just have a season, and a season can be a year, a season can be six months, a season can be two weeks, a season can be three years or five years. Were you just limiting what you're buying so that when you get yourself back out there into buying or decorating your home or filling your space again, you're filling it with a um, a recognition and a sense of healing that you're moving into that direction. So as always, I feel like, um, if you are going through this space, deal with the emotional, um, if it is light anxieties and dissatisfaction, definitely, um, head out to a registered nurse or a doctor or a practitioner and just work through those emotions then secondly clutter is limiting beliefs so i actually i just because i am doing a whole lot of left turns and i'm doing a whole lot of um surprising myself moments i'm going to start with the example that i already wrote out and then i'm gonna give you guys a different example um, that I just thought of right now So I think limiting beliefs I use the example of um, a traditional person This one is actually a true story I was talking to somebody I love perfect strangers They always give me inspiration When it comes to these moments But I was talking to somebody who, Whose father, um, you know, whose mom, sorry Was like a very, is like a very Like in a high position in in Eswatini in society and But they've built their, they've built huts instead of like a a proper home. And so to me, I love culture and I love standards. I love culture, but I also feel like there's some limitations to culture. And I, I hope one day to have my little sister on there on here because she does a lot of activities with NGOs where they, you know, they are, you know, they, they are working through these limiting beliefs where you see a woman, you know, they're teaching wives how to speak up for themselves. And, you know, these women are always shocked, like, how can you even say that? How do you even start this conversation? But that's exactly how you start the conversation, by, you know, um, let, letting her recognize that there's something wrong with her being unable to speak to her husband. If she feels scared to even tell her husband that, hey, um, there's... The home needs this, or so the home needs that. So, anyway, so limiting beliefs is could be in that sense that something looks right. You know, everything is functioning right in this home. We have um, everything is functioning right in this home. We have a roof over our head. It's a, it's a um, what you call is it's a hut, right? It's very traditional. He liked it standard. They are not scared. They are scared, uh, or they they've they've decided that they will not be moving into let's say a, a modern home then the question is when you spend a lot of time with that individual are you it then the cracks begin to show let's say for example with the wives where then they are unable to say to their husbands hey i'm i'm really sick i'm dissatisfied you know with the the complexity with those wives is that they are they are living in a residences. They're living in the husband's family home, not in their own separate home. So you, in those kind of sense, when you get into a deeper conversation with them, and I'd really love to have my little sister here, just to explain that to you guys, it's, then they that that's when they realize they are being shut down. They're being shut down. They can't fully speak for themselves when it comes to hey, I'm not feeling well, I'm sick, or hey, the babies are not feeling well. We need to go to the hospital. Then all of a sudden it's like, first of all, um, this is not your this is not your home. This is your guest here. You know, so you can't be sick. You know, you have to stand up and still clean the house. Because you are, you know, you are, you have come to the residential house. And then it'll be like, okay, but I didn't come to the residential house. I actually live here. And so that's when you actually realize that you're a third party in your own home, as opposed to being in that home. So that was the example that I used. The other example that I used was of a, like a pit latrine where the traditionalist wants to keep those kind of standards. But with, without recognizing that, the reason why we don't use pit latrines anymore is because it's unsanitary. We have toilets for that very reason because um, a lot of sicknesses back in the day actually erupted more often around those very bad unsanitary areas. And yet this person still wants their family to you know, use a pit latrine as opposed to standard toilets. Something very that looks very small, but then over time when you look at it, it looks like, Holding on to too much tradition, and then starts to, it starts to flood into the bad areas of tradition. Then you hold even harder into those bad areas. Let's say, for example, again using the example of the wife, when she's sick, and then now she's sick at the family home. Then they say, "How oh, you um you've got no time to be sick. Um, you still need to be cleaning." Those kind of things. Then you know they irk me, and um, I know a lot of people. <laughs> You can have those conversations with me, but it definitely does then raise the, raise the need to have those conversations and those empowering conversations. What does it mean to then be a wife and in a patriarchal society? So that is an example of, uh, limiting beliefs. Then the one that I actually wanted to use is from my recent blog post on people pleasing. So limiting beliefs can be like, oh, she's such a nice person you know that you're having the conversation in your heart. Cause I had those, co- I had a lot of those conversations in my heart up until I had to confront those conversations where I'm like, Oh, you know what? She's very pretty. You know, the reason why she, uh, oh, I'll just get this. I'll just get this thing for her. Cause she's so nice. She's such a nice person. And it's like, no, she's not because it's a nice person. You're only doing above it. You're only going above and beyond for this person because they are a pretty person. They have that halo effect on them. And so the halo effect is when when you deem somebody of a certain beauty, a higher beauty than you, you're more likely to help them as opposed to, let's say, if somebody of a lesser beauty, you find them less beautiful than that person. You're less likely to help that person. You're going to help the 10, not the 5, okay? So that's what the halo effect is. So with people pleasers, Um, they'll even get to the point where you're like, ah, or like that conversation, um, just linking it from that other conversation that I had where the girl says, ah, I don't even step outside in anything nice. Like, was it necessary to wear that dress? Are you saying that from, okay, yes, it's not good to be pompous versus I'm looking at you and I'm seeing a reflection of myself as somebody who's insecure. And as insecure, you try and hide Yourself, as opposed to reveal yourself and be not reveal yourself, but be confident in who in your being and being able to stand confidently. And I, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for you guys to hear the conversation that I had with Amina on emotional boundaries, because we were talking about only you, the only other person who will know your truth is your parent, and some parents or whoever's gotten the chance to raise you some of them will know when you're shrinking. And I hope for, I pray for a lot of you, I hope that maybe the person who knows that you're shrinking is not somebody who takes advantage of it, but who sees you shrinking and says, no, something's wrong here. So the limiting beliefs in those examples is, you have deemed, you have said that you, are, you can't step out in, the, uh, in a beautiful dress because you're showing off. No, there, there are two types of women. Yeah, or oh, two types of people. You can't be the person who steps out in a beautiful dress, but you're just confident, like to, to present yourself and you want to present yourself the right way and not hiding. So that's something that you will know internally and that's an internal belief that you'll have. Then the other one, example with the wives, where they are um it's more complex, it's a limiting belief because it's it's the world that she lives in, it's something that she grows up in. How do that how does she then You know, how do you, they teach her, and that's what my little sister's doing, teaching those women to, you know, examples of conversations and starting conversations that you can have to start to begin asserting yourself like, hey, I'm also human in this home, even if I'm in in a homestead with multiple people and not my actual house. Then as a people pleaser, if you deem somebody more beautiful than you, I think that's something that is, um, something more beautiful than you, something better than you, um, who's worthier of achieving this than you. That one actually is very dangerous because like, um, what I've realized is, uh, you won't, you will limit yourself without recognizing that you've limited yourself because you've already chosen somebody else more worthier to achieve or to receive all the things that you want in your life. And so the example that I always used to use at work with people is that, listen, you've got to learn to accept who you are in the space and who you are and the body that you, that you're in so that nobody can use you to climb up, uh, to climb the career ladder. Let's say to use your brilliance to then get the promotion that you were supposed to have only because you felt as though you're not, Worthy, you've deemed yourself less worthy than this individual next to you. So that is limiting beliefs. Then emotional clutter. This is a form and has a wide spectrum from suffocating from feelings of guilt, anger, resentment, loneliness, abandonment. All of these mechanisms have a big influence on... um, just the way that you perceive the world and the way that you hold yourself when you are feeling overwhelmed or the way that you hold yourself when you're feeling adventurous and you feel like you can do it. Um emotional clutter is, is important because it's having to do with undealt with experiences and a lack of emotional boundaries. So I'm so excited for I really can't wait to post the episode that we had with Amina, who's another amazing podcaster here in Eswatini because we were just talking about how emotional is the result of having of not having learned emotional boundaries with somebody. And I say, I spoke about it in my l- l- recent episode on toxic relationships where i said hey you know it's okay to say i'm not okay with this i'm not okay with what you just said because emotionally it's making me feel a little bit uneasy and emotionally it makes me feel um it makes me feel not valued i don't feel valued um when you say these kind of comments so i'd really appreciate i appreciate you as an individual and I don't want to feel lonely in this relationship. So that's what emotional boundaries is all about. And I feel like with a lot of people, we were talking about it from an African perspective, how it would it be like with an African, being in an African household? I think your parents managed your emotional boundaries, but you had no, um, you they didn't teach you when they were, busy putting those boundaries around and so it doesn't create self-awareness so in that kind of sense that maybe a lot some of us have grown up in homes maybe you could be one of those individuals who've grown up in a home where the parents saw you shrinking next to somebody and then said oh no no that's not my child you know what i'm saying uh my child does not shrink in front of like i don't want you hanging out with that kid so we use that example in the podcast episode that i had and i cannot wait to share it with you guys because i was like in that moment, she said that, um, your parent, oh, oh, we were agreeing that your parent kind of recognized, you know, when you were shrinking or lacked boundaries. But if you learn those emotional boundaries yourselves, and you should definitely head over to my Pinterest page just so then it's on my board page called wellness and relationships, because that's the place where then you can learn, okay, how can I, if in these moments where somebody makes me feel lonely in a relationship, I must speak to the loneliness. Let's say like you are making me feel lonely. He has a friend. When we go here, we always feel lonely. Um, I don't seem to connect with your other friends. So um, I'd really just appreciate maybe our friendship didn't linger. Like I recognize that we hang out a lot with them, but maybe we can find a way so that I can also feel a part of you a part of this group, a part of this interaction and experience because I really value you as a person. So you haven't said you're selfish. Why do you take me out with your friends just to show off that you live a better life than me? You see, that is emotional. And so now you're removing the built-up emotional resentment or built-up emotional hurt by just speaking your truth, speaking to the truth of the experience or speaking to the that experience that, oh, I feel lonely here. And then allowing that person to then engage you and interact with you in a more wholesome way by then recognizing, oh, um, this is how you felt about it. I think emotional boundaries is definitely something more adults um, or growing up in high school, wherever you are, you'll need more of because it's something I think like very few, I've only seen like few families actually then teach their kids about it. Clutter is toxic relationships. I'm not even going to go deep into this one, guys, because I've done a whole a whole episode on the toxic relationships. And it's something that will consistently just pop up. Um, we, um, I'm definitely diving. I'm I am so excited again for my conversations with Amina, because we're going to be diving deep into, um, this just, you know, just going into the different types of toxic relationships and then how you can take yourself out of them. I also won't be going into it because there's a whole dating series that y'all should go and read about. So next, clutter is personal i'm sure you've heard the first relationship you need to work on is the relationship with yourself well well what does that really mean for someone who's grown up in a home maybe surrounded by plenty of siblings or if you've grown up in a where you're the only sibling um uh, personal Clutter can be personal. So I think in a lot of ways is that um, I've learned is leaning onto those ideas of who you can lead to personal clutter. Have you ever been described as a fierce person? And those are personal. It's like fierce person a nervous person, or just a label that was just placed onto your life, and you don 't know why it was there, so you guys know i 've spoken about that one, and that one is deep into my uh, you know book on body confidence because it 's all about those labels that people put on you, even if the narrative, even if you 've grown, you can accomplish a lot sometimes it 's so annoying to have that um label could persistently be playing in the background like that unnecessary, unwanted. Sound soundbite that you just never asked for in your life so that can be personal clutter because in a lot of ways you can never change the things that people say about you but instead of letting the experience be draining to you i definitely do believe that um allow the experience to be um to allow the experience to grow through the experience by just letting go what people say and then working on you personally so um, personal clutter is just that undealt with labels that you just want to now unpack and work through best way to do that one is going through on a personal development journey. Um, a personal development journey is just asking yourself, who am I? What are my values? What are the values that I've put on me or taught to me? And then what are the values that I've come to, um, um, appreciate and accept as part of my being and feel like they're standard. And if you already know This is the Jesus squad. So, um, I think, um, long lasting personal values for me, I've always, I've, I always want to explore more of what God has to say because God is standard. God is tight. God is forever one thing throughout the ages. Whereas you guys know, like I've said in the previous one, um, even values like your body, you know, the humans have standards, you know, we have like, what is it? They call it the democratic wave. And then the cold like the um, the right wing wave. It's just too much. You know, so when there's when it's difficult to look to who can I be in a personal way and feel more grounded in my being, um sometimes Jesus was the only person to then resonate with those um qualities. Moving along, clutter is spiritual. Clutter, you know what I mean. You know what sentence I resent the most? You should know this by now. And this is the worst kind of gaslighting at best. You should know this by now. Are you freaking kidding me? More especially because, um, like I said, and just connecting it with the previous one, is that things, people's beliefs change. One minute we're living in the Republican era, the next minute in the Democratic era, or one minute it's, patri- it's patriarchal or liberal and it changes with those moments and sometimes because of those intrinsic ideas and those intrinsic beliefs and those spiritual beliefs it can get a little bit it can get a little bit hazy you can get lost in translation especially when it comes to the spiritualness of it like who are you spiritually, in terms of like your emotional habits that you copied, anger can be a spiritual clutter that was just copied from and learned from at a young age. And so. When somebody says that you should have known this by now, why are you such an angry person? It's like, why am I not an angry person? Maybe I grew up in that kind of environment. Or conversely, if they say, ah, why are you so shy? You need to learn to speak up. You need to learn to speak up. It's so pathetic. You know, you're so pathetic. Or they look at you. They don't even have to say that you're pathetic, but they look at you like, oh my gosh, why are you so pathetic? Because you're quiet. Why are you not quiet when all you've done is grown up in that kind of environment of, you know, timid, um, maybe a timid or a quiet home. You didn't necessarily they didn't necessarily say a lot at home or in your upbringing or on your space. And even your friends are like that. You know, sometimes we pick people who are very close to who we are. And so, um In these moments, I feel like, again, it's very closely linked to the emotional clutter of it. I think it's more of separating yourself from everybody else again. Definitely, again, connected to personal clutter where you go on to those uh, negative emotional habits that you've just gained from copying copying things around your community or family or friends. And then starting to ask yourself, like, is this something that I want for me? I think... Uh, Maybe let's say like anger is one very big emotional clutter that you know is very in your face and you can't really avoid it it's something that maybe a lot of people hate the most but maybe loneliness is a a spiritual clutter that you have like you know feelings of abandonment and also that one can, can be in there with those ones it's definitely advisable and I definitely would say you know seek the help seek the healing seek the counseling from a registered practitioner and then that person will be able to help you work through that one. So then the next one, I said that clutter is past guilt. Um, Have you, okay, I experienced this and I definitely know the devil is a liar, but you know, when you've grown through a moment, um, God sometimes is very sweet in the way, you know, he's, I go through my growth opportunities. Instead of just being like, you're kind of selfish over here. He'll allow me to grow out of, um, he'll allow me to grow and take t- challenges. And I wasn't the space in my life where I said, Okay, I'm gonna take God, um, God's way of growing. And then unfortunately, then let's say after a season, even if your season is three months or six months or a year, um you have the guilt, like oh, I was a selfish person, and you could, but it could, it could just be a reflection of that moment, like oh, I, I used to be a selfish person, man, because now you're looking at this new amazing you, and it's like oh, I want to introduce myself, but then that flashback of oh, I was a selfish person just comes back, and um, then now you're just sitting there with that past guilt, like I can't go through this one. Um, another one that I feel like is also really deep, maybe. Um, as sex, okay, and there's this, uh, you know, sleeping around with a lot of people, and then now, let's say, for example, maybe you've, you discover God, and you, you want to choose, you make it your own personal choice, that where you say, because I don't think they talk about sex a lot, I don't know, in church, I don't know, but, or maybe it's the churches that I go through, but go to, but uh, you make it, maybe you've, you, ha- you have this personal need, okay, I want to do this for myself, but that lingering thing of um oh but i used to you know i slipped around with a lot of people still exist so that could be a past guilt and it's like okay you went don't allow yourself so guilty that you allow the devil to then make you feel less worthy of being in the presence of god because i think that's what would happen you feel less worthy um, shopping spree, you know, for being financially ir- irresponsible, and then sometimes you're praying for a breakthrough for a financial breakthrough you will sometimes feel less worthy because you have that lingering old self still talking to you or still being reminded of you definitely recognizing those moments that that previous you that old self is no longer you because now you have taken up the cross baby girl and you have decided that you know what i i deserve more in my life i deserve better in my life and there's God still reigns truth and so in those moments when you're feeling like your past guilt and all these other parts of you keep speaking back to you um the best thing to do is just to speak the faithfulness of God um speak to who am I in the eyes of Jesus Christ and then work and you know plaster them write them down sometimes the best way to battle all these emotional entanglements you know whether it be their spiritual beliefs limiting beliefs it's you have to physically write it down dedicate 15 minutes to yourself dedicate we all guys we all went okay i didn't but majority of the world went through that space where the the world paused it paused and you were there's nothing that you could physically do but sit at home if there is anything that you have learned from that space, um, in time is that you, there is time for you. Make the time for you to pause and work through all these complex and easy, difficult, um, ugh, boring kind of emotions. Because sometimes you feel like your healing is boring, but your healing is worth it because you want to finally take yourself out of that space where you were like, oh, you were just known as that girl, that girl who sleeps with everyone, or you were just known or you knew yourself as that person. Ah, oh, the person who just blew through money as opposed to being responsible and working through things. Because um God can turn things around. But we the biggest battle that we have to sometimes overcome is those labels that now you've continued to put on yourself. Um forget about the labels that people and the narratives that they are continuing. What are you saying about yourself today, you know? So that is something that is very king in this conversation. Then clutter is past lifestyle. I think this one is one hundred percent connected to the previous one. So I'm going to move on to that one because it is um a past lifestyle. Again, if you grew up in a home that spends a lot of money, um, you might not be responsible with your money in the beginning. If you grew in a home where you um you don't even have to grow up in a home where... I know a lot of movies, they like that the mom brought in a lot of boyfriends kind of vibe. But what if you just grew up... You didn't grow up in a home where there was a standard family structure. Um, what does that even mean? Oh, my gosh. So, um, all of that requires you then to work through, you know... If you feel like you have a past lifestyle and you have no body to lean to, the best thing that you can do for yourself is just to Google, you know... Uh, if you are, if you secretly have an alcoholic problem, uh, Google people who were alcoholics in the Bible. You know, actually, Jesus is a really funny person because if you find, okay, there's, I I, I don't know why he chooses murderers. Those are the first people, actually, because he was choosing a lot of murderers in the Bible. Moses murdered somebody, just FYI. I know there was like, that's something that always escapes, I think, conversation because we focus more on the fact that Moses was, a st- he stuttered in life, you know, he was struggling with, you know, personal labels, like his, his purse guilt, a past guilt, like, you know, personal clutter, you know, because they enabled them as somebody who stutters a lot, you know, he stutters and he's this foreigner, he doesn't get along with the, he doesn't get along with the Egyptians, his, and his own people, but he killed somebody, you know, he killed somebody and he buried that person. So, you know, we need to, but Jesus used those kind of people. Um, and then David actually is another one who went through the cracks. He killed someone and God still used them. God still blessed his whole family line. So if, you know, and I think it's very important. Maybe it's important we need to have these whole esque men, people, because like, um, sorry, we need to have like these lovely human beings as an example so that you can just let go of that past. Uh, lifestyle. Just recognize that whatever you have done in the past, God ha- always has a different plan from you. He's just waiting on you to ask him what that plan is. Or he's just waiting on you to agree into walking into that plan. And building onto that plan. So, um, you know, I guess we should just, you know, we should be like, amen for David stabbing somebody's, you know, and he was trifling cause he was He stabbed a married man. He, 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 he thugged a married woman, slept with this woman and killed the husband. You know, he did the most. He was blessed the most, but he did the most. You know what I'm saying? And then you have, you know, this serial killer over here called Saul or whatever. He was busy persecuting Christians, but his life got turned around. But, okay, so then there are those big examples. But then they're also drunkards. So Moses was a... Who was a drunkard? Okay, wait, I'll come back to you guys on that one. But there were some drunkards. Oh! Oh, my gosh. Actually... Okay, I'm not going to get excited about this. I'm gonna move on real quick, but there was this lady. I just read a Bible study, and it really pissed me off. Actually, I stopped reading the Bible study because like who's this jacob i Esau and Jacob's mom in the Bible study, they said she was a people pleaser, but I was like, no, she was not a people pleaser. She was a trifling squabbling. Getting into people's business, woman, they should have named her, name, named her that. Okay, so basically in this Bible study, it's like every day you read about, you know, I'm a drunkard. God, oh, I'm a drunkard, blah, blah, blah. God, why did you leave me to hardships? And then it's the it's supposed to be a conversation of what God's actual plan is. And sometimes, you know what, in a very weird way, if you force yourself to actually read these verses, and I say force yourself because um, I know in that space when your heart is aching, it's very difficult to reach into those bible verses but reach into them because there's a weird thing that always happens where in that vulnerability god also like truly speaks to you when you are when he knows with your heart You're saying i'm reading this because i need you to speak to me he actually really does respond and i actually just really don't like that because when i want to grow up and my ass wants to you know speak to you instead of graduating to the next step he doesn't even he doesn't talk to me because he says i already know what i'm supposed to do but i don't know <laughs> and So anyway, so Esau's mom, she like, you know, the one of the kids was hairy. Okay. In that Bible story, you guys can hit me in the, in the comments. If you know what I'm talking about, she was hairy and then she switched. And then the, he, the father was about to bless the child and he said, go out. Oh, Esau, he was about to bless Esau. And then he said, go out and uh, get me some food. And then the mom stepped in. So I didn't agree with that one. She's a trifling woman. But anyway, so anyway, Jesus blessed her. So that's her past life. So you see what I'm saying? This is why you should not even be trusting me. Because look at me holding up grudges for clarity on she was trifling, not a people pleaser. Because why did she choose the other son than the other son? You know, that one wasn't even clear. And that one really pissed me off because then then it says that, you know, then that means that parents really just choose kids without even helping us decide why did you choose the other child over the other child? You chose the hairy one, why? Or the non-hairy one, why? Why? you know, and so anyway, but Jesus is good, he looks at you equally, there's no such thing as he loves the hairy one, or the non-hairy one, or the short one, or the tall blonde one, and the versus the brunette child in the family, okay, um, you are loved, you are treasured, you are honored, and you are honored by God, so when you unpack and choose to release that, your past lifestyle, and say, God, I want, I want something new for my life i want something more and so i've actually you know i really it really goes back to my first earlier conversations with you guys because i've really been learning that um really churches or jesus is very geographical sometimes here in swaziland um it's like okay because it's already shunned upon when you speak back to an adult you know when you talk back to an adult but a lot of the Bible studies that I um, look at, and my, from my Bible app, it says that it's like, okay, what is it? It's not venting, but it's lamenting. It's it's crying your pains towards God. And so, um, if I come from a culture where I can't talk back to an adult, then one hundred percent I can't talk back to God. But I'm not talking back to Him when I'm saying, why am I? Why do I feel worthless? Why do I feel less than? Why don't I feel fulfilled? You know, I'm also, I'm not talking back to him. I am crying out to him. I'm lamenting to him in a way is the deepest form of prayer. It's the second deepest form. Until they say that tears is the most powerful form of prayer, then lamenting, using my voice, um, Hannah did not get the baby because she only used to go to cry to God, but God wants you to speak. He wants you to engage with him. He, he wants you to recognize the power and the authority that you have to reach and cry and turn your eyes and, and wail to him and remind him and call onto him as a father, as a loving savior. And so it was in the same way that, then that's when I was like, so sometimes I do sit in some churches and they're back to telling you to like, no, you cannot speak back. then I'm like, yeah, but I'm in a season where I just want to lament and cry my heart out. I want to say, I want to let go of my past guilt and I can't let go of them. Then the second to last one is clutter. Oh, the final one, actually clutter is perfectionism. This is the biggest issue, I feel like, when it comes to, you know, Christianity. I feel like my personal journey, and I am sure and I hope that there's somebody out there who can get something from this one. But sometimes we want to be so perfect in our journey and so perfect, especially when you start to recognize that you've got the favor and anointing and you've got the grace of God upon you. All of us have got the grace of God upon us. It's just, have you activated it? Have you switched on the buttons to get it started but um maybe our biggest mountain is you when it comes to being perfectionist you're thinking that god's love is based on these qualities and again it's because of how you were raised you know your environment sometimes it's not even it cannot be in your family but maybe you watched it with, um, you watched it in school and recognized that, you know, the only way for me to be successful or the only way for me to be recognized is by, uh, having a tally up, having points, uh, to being the best, but with Jesus Christ, that's not really like that. You don't gain his heart. Um, you don't gain his favor, his love by being a good person. And so I think that's something that, Needs to be done to let go of in terms of the perfectionism, especially when it comes to I'm talking about perfectionism now, in terms of your growth opportunities and how you take them, how you evolve with them, and how you um grow within them. Um, because when your growth, unfortunately, your perfectionism has a time limit. And I think that's something that I struggled the most with. It has a time limit. And so when I reached the time limit and God was not there at that time limit, it really used to disappoint me, agitate me, uh, make me sad, make me feel disappointed, make me question, you know, where is God in this moment? Um, who is happening here? Why are you not here? You said you would be here. And it's like, okay, but did he say he would be here? He said he would be here, but not you you you've you've maximized the time at this point but has he maximized that time at that point so that was definitely something that um it made me realize that uh, in our in your growth um the clutter of perfectionism always trying to be pleasing um again stemming if that stems from people pleasing it stems from fear of abandonment fear of being lonely fear of um Fear of abandonment, fear of being lonely, fear of not being accepted. Maybe then you put and you're lined and squeezed and boxed God in that same category. Whereas I just feel like, um, just let go of that category. Let go of those labels and, then the, and that box and just try and see God as somebody who... How can you find God and see God and experience God in healing spaces? So healing from perfectionism, healing from the idea that, um, this individual is better than me, healing from, um, the feelings of shrinking. Cause you know, actually I not sure it's been a while since I've spoken about it, but you know, there were so many places where I shrank and, um, I cannot wait to actually tell you this story, but then God I'll go dive deep into the story, but then God um, forced me again into those spaces so that I could stop shrinking. And so then you, it's so easy then to scream at him and want to be in that perfected, place where you don't have to shrink you don't recognize again like I said with decorating your room it's connected to how you decorate your room um the clutter that's in the physical clutter you're surrounded with so much distractions, so that you don't have to see that I'm shrinking here I feel abandoned here I feel lonely here whereas God wants to speak to those emotional needs and to those emotional areas and if you just take on that journey Um, if you're like, if you recognize that, you know, Jesus, um, according to people, Jesus is um, geographical, then, okay, I'm tired. Okay. I was in Oklahoma. Now I'm in Eswatini again. I'm back home. And okay. I've seen two types of Jesus according to different types of teachings. So what, who is God? And so then take and take the Bible and then such as, you know, and and dive deep into those conversations so that you can untangle all these feelings um feelings of past guilt uh feelings of spiritual clutter i'm dealing with a lot spiritually i am lonely and my heart is done with aching what does that mean to what does that mean through jesus christ he was also somebody who um experienced those moments oh can i please tell you? i have to end with this one i remember i was having that moment I was asking that exact question and I remember reading okay I told you guys before that I, I think they should change the bible the bible chapter called the kings they should call it the betrayals because I don't know the whole list was betrayals it starts with the king being a betraying A betraying human being, I was about to cuss Okay, he was being a betraying Human being, and there was this part where We were talking about this king, I didn't even bother Memorizing these king's names, I'll remember their names One day, I was just, at that point I feel like, I loved reading it Because it was just calling me Back to, you know, humans Mess up, they go stab each other And then when they realize, oh snap, I've messed up I killed the wrong person, and they run back to God God just, he doesn't say, oh yeah I saw you killing the person, God just spoke the promise he spoke the covenant he did that with abraham abraham was selling out his wife and i told myself that i would be nicer to abraham because i realized i was selling out my dreams i didn't feel worthy of my dreams and i was like no somebody else can take them and then i was like oh i was doing an abraham okay i'm gonna be nicer to abraham but abraham used to sell his dreams anyway so this king this king was there and the king um, went to every professional person to try and fix, like, he had, like, this injury on his foot or whatever, and I don't know why it hit me in such a significant way, um, at the end of the chapter, you're reading, like, he went to this doctor, he went to that doctor, all the money in the world, he went, uh, where, where all the money in the world could take him, that's where he traveled, and then, the king dies with this like deformed leg, and the the then the finally the final verse. If you look at the New Living Translation version, it says God was like, "Why didn't He not come to me?" And I don't know. And you know, I was reading it before, but I was about to go to sleep, and it hit me in such a significant way. Like I was like, "Wow, don't we do that with a lot of things?" We Um, I don't feel fulfilled maybe you don't feel fulfilled with your body and so it's easy to go and dress up it's easy to fill yourself with all this clutter of all this like um, makeup all this um, this 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 clothes these dresses that you'll never wear I have some dresses that I have, have not worn as well you know so I'm definitely not innocent but I've gone through all these reaches. I remember there was a point where I was unhealthy with my fitness. I spoke about the funny version of like the CrossFit, but there was a time where I was physically breaking my body down and it was irritating me because I was not fulfilled. And I hated it when the physiotherapist told me to sit down because I was like, sit down and do what? And inside it was like, sit down and confront these feelings. And so you're going to do all these things Only up until you recognize that this whole entire time, God is just waiting on you to then call on his name, waiting on you to then call on him and so that he may be the place of healing. And if you, if you want to just start exploring what that means, I, I swear to you, begin reading the Bible, number one, and then two, Tasha Cobb's, that woman, that woman, I swear to you was an angel in her past life. I, I don't know. And then I think Jesus thought like, oh yeah, I think we should, I'll let the earthlings borrow her. She has the voice of an angel. It like revives the spirit, everything. But she has this uh song called Sense It. Listen to that song because then... I listen to it the whole year. I challenge you to listen to the whole year. And if at some point it doesn't resonate with you that Jesus Christ is the location that we're looking for, the place of healing, the place where I am no longer hurt, then I challenge you again just to keep going. And just keep going. Listen to it when it just feels uncomfortable, like this is a routine, to the point where your heart actually then aligns with the soul of God to realize the spirit of God, um, just to see what that actual song meant. Alongside with looking up these Bible verses, checking out my ebook and enjoying this podcast thank you so much again guys for this moment i know i have taken you guys on the journey today and i hope you've enjoyed it and then time spending time with me as always this is it just one i'm so excited for you guys to have joined me today and i hope you live a life of breakthroughs i hope you live a life of discovery and just challenging yourself and acknowledging yourself and loving yourself and i hope you all have a wonderful day and a wonderful week week goodbye